It's the Seth Williams Show with Mike Kisaka. And here's your host, Seth Williams and Mike Kisaka. Welcome to another Wednesday night edition of the Seth Williams Show with Mike Kisaka. Uh, live on YouTube, we're live on a Facebook channel, the uh, CMS Network Podcast Facebook channel, and um, Odyssey as well, and then post it everywhere afterwards, of course. Sweet. Um, so, but again, if you're watching, you know where you're watching, and uh, where you can get it afterwards. So, how are you tonight, Mike? Good. Welcome to really? the show. I, listen, it, what was it? Fifty-five degrees today in the middle of February. Uh, I wouldn't know. Um, I can't drive anywhere, so I'm still stuck inside the house. Mm. And yeah, it uh, it sucks. It looked nice from where I was at out the window. It looked pretty. Well, either we're <laughs> gonna get one nasty storm or two or three before this goes, or we're gonna skate. And this was a year that uh, Farmer's Almanac said was supposed to be really cold. And a lot of snow. So. I, I will say this, though. Psychic Sonia was on not that long ago, and she predicted an ice storm and there was in February, and there was that ginormous cold front that made its way pretty much through the entire country. Correct. And there was ice storms and all kind of stuff that happened. So she was dead on on that one. We're going to have her on at some point uh, soon. I think she's got some more stuff to tell us. I, that's happened all year. I mean, the, the heavy rains, the horrible storms, the tornado belts everything seemed this year to tiptoe around cleveland it either went north of us under south of us around us or stopped just short we got lucky yeah don't don't get mad when i say this but you know i was watching um i think it was like the weather channel or something like that and you know they're big into the global warming climate change whatever you want to call it kind of thing and they're like oh we're gonna break all kind of records um, the last time happened the last time ice we had like this is a cold like this Happened in this part of the country was 1967. Well, then it happened before, right? So it's right. not like the the climate changed all of a sudden, and you know, we're getting something brand new here. It happened in 1967, which means at some point it did actually happen before. Uh, so. If I remember correctly, we had an ice age. That we did like I, centuries. That, <laughs> that did happen. So, yep. Um, if you'd like to leave some comments on the show, you can leave comments on the show, uh, YouTube or whatever. Or, well, I guess YouTube is where you can. Or the uh, CMS podcast Facebook channel. You can leave uh, your comments on the show as well. We'll get those. We'll put those up on the screen tonight. We've got a lot going on, I guess. Um, Tony Masashio going to join us from another fine place to eat. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to him. Not looking forward to seeing all the food that he has because that I'm jealous and I'm starving for the rest of the show. Uh, I think he's going to get the general manager of the restaurant also on the show for us tonight. Okay. Uh, Frank the Tank, guy I used to work with on the radio station. He, um, good dude, heavy better. I shouldn't say that. Well, it's legal now, so he's allowed to be a heavy better. Right. Uh, but he likes his gambling, so he's going to join us and talk about the uh, big game coming up on Sunday and uh, some of the prop bets we got to throw by him and some of them are pretty interesting. I like prop bets. I think they're, they're kind of fun. And yeah, now I guess you can do it legally around here. It should be easy to do. Right? I, there's there. How many hundreds 
of prop bets did you find when you were getting ready for the show? There's a lot. There's a lot out there. Where can I find a kiosk to like make a bet? Because I haven't found one yet. I haven't seen one of the uh, betting machines and bars or anywhere that I've been. No. Does anybody know where you can get one or make a bet? Ask the audience, man. If you're drinking an establishment that has one, let us know. You know what I think wouldn't uh, it makes sense that a lot of the VFW halls and some of the semi-private, you know, uh, places where people gather and stuff like that that have the scratch-offs and the uh, uh, ticket pulls and stuff like that that they might get those games too. You would think. I I don't. I guess. But I don't know. I couldn't go find one now if you, you know, sent me on a mission to go make a bet. Panini's and Westminster. I, I guess I could take a ride out there if my wife would drive me. Um, you live kind of close to Westlake a little bit. Yeah, I do. I live, I know exactly where that Panini's is. But well, if I had a job, I'd throw you a 10 and you can uh, make some bets for me. But yeah, <laughs> put 10 on the, on the uh, calves and get me a, you know, hazelnut coffee. I talked to a buddy of mine who's in Vegas actually uh, earlier on today, and I wanted to tell him, yeah, I put like twenty on red or something like that for me. But I'm not a heavy better, and I doubt he would have done it anyway. <laughs> Vegas is cool. Vegas is still amazing, and Vegas still is like head and shoulders about and uh, above any other city that has a casino or two or three casinos. But the one thing that is still as sad today as it was. 30, 40 years ago, are the slot machines in the airport. Watching those people like like 12 minutes before their flight oh, yeah. still trying to hit for that half a million. And it's like, I really don't think those slots in the airport on departing flights pay off. Yeah, I've never seen anybody actually win on an Maybe airport either. slot. And Maybe. I have to admit, I was guilty too. Last time I was there, um, obviously it wasn't this past summer, but the summer before my wife and I went out there um, we got married out there 17 years ago, 18 years ago, whatever it was. And so we went back and it was a lot different than the last time we were there. But um, yeah, we, I was in those doing those slots because it was a room that I could smoke in. So they get like the smokers to go into one giant room in the middle of the airport and they can you know bet while they smoke. So putting slot machines around a smoker, forget about it. No kidding. It was like you, all you're doing is pumping money into those things. Um, the only I didn't really hit on a lot of slots. And I said slots, not sluts, but yeah, slots. Uh, I hit on there's an old machine. It was like a horse racing machine. Yep. And so you know, you pick the horse head with the odds and stuff, and then these little horse things would run around the track, and you could uh, bet on those. I thought that was kind of fun, especially because. It took a while, so you can grab a beer and sit there for like a half hour and lose like $10, and it wasn't that big. But I won a few hundred bucks on on the horse races. The horse races? Yeah. If you we went to Vegas a lot, right, when you were like, yeah. comic touring? Yeah. I mean, how, it, it, was Vegas better then, or is it better now, or what? Uh, it's changed. The first contract I got when I played Vegas had in the contract that I had to wear a tuxedo. Oh, it really? also said that the curtain is coming down 48 minutes after you start your show, and it, it came down. So you had to end your show because the guys in the union weren't going to stick around a minute longer than they had. 
Um, and then what they also used to do is give you a couple hundred bucks after the show, but you couldn't put it in your pocket and go get a sandwich. You had to gamble because they wanted people that saw you in the show to say, oh, look, there's so-and-so. We just said, and talk and intermingle and stuff like that. And then like, you know, eventually all that money would go back to the house. So, but I, I don't know if I told you my one story that about the big slot machines that Caesar's palace used to have that giant slot machine. When you walked in, yeah. I had two silver dollars in my pocket, which back in the day were useless outside of a casino. And I put them in and I pulled the arm and the first crown came up. The second crown came up. The third crown came up. People started screaming and yelling, but it didn't pay off because I didn't have the third silver dollar. So instead of winning 10 grand, I got nothing. That's my really? luck with gambling. Wow. Man, that sucks. That's my luck with gambling. I've never played any table games out in Vegas. I was just always a slot guy. And the first time I was ever in Vegas, I did pretty good. I won like something like eight, nine hundred dollars on slots, and so that wasn't bad. But I've been there twice since then, and it wasn't the same. I I, I don't need to gamble though when I go to Vegas. I like just they have so many different things to do. Oh, whether it's restaurants, bars, yeah. whether it's yes. entertainment, uh, whatever it is, there, there's a ton to do that you don't have to gamble. When you go to Vegas, that sounds weird to say, but just going through the different hotels, it, they're like cities and exactly those out are almost as much fun, if not more than, than spending your money on them gambling. And and for those of our audience that are a little bit older, Vegas used to give the food away. You, it's you not the same anymore. Vegas and get a 99 cent prime rib dinner with a baked potato. That doesn't happen anymore, but. I used to like to sit there and eat prime rib and watch six football games at the same time. Cause that's the other thing Vegas in the sports book and all that stuff back in the day was the first place to have multiple TV screens. Now you go to, you know, any sports bar and with cable and stuff like that, you can watch NFL pass and NFL network and all that stuff and see all the games at once. But that was an actual phenomenon that people showing up from Minnesota or, you know, Iowa, would like walk into a casino and just their jaw would drop because that didn't exist anywhere back home. Uh, the first time I was in Vegas, the buffets, I think I went to a buffet at Harris and it was something like $70. Yeah. And it was a great buffet. Yeah. They you know, expected you to sit around and gamble some. Right. The last time I was in Vegas, just a couple of years ago, I went to Harris and they didn't have the buffet that I, I went to, but it cost us, I think, something close to $60 for the two of us just to have lunch. Right. And it wasn't a buffet. It was just lunch. Right. I, I had a sandwich, and she had a sandwich. And it, I don't think we yeah, we got we got fries. And it Ooh. ate like that we split. It was like 60 bucks to just yeah. sit there Those and have fries lunch. Will get you. Because it, 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 that's how much it changed. I think yeah. the cheapest buffet that we saw, and I didn't get to eat at it, um, because we got stuck there. So we were running out of money on hotels and all kind of stuff. Um, but the cheapest buffet that I saw was at Circus Circus. And it was something like 20 some dollars a person, which wasn't bad, I guess. You know, for, for no, a buffet yeah. in Vegas isn't bad. Um, but we did not eat there. That was, I'll tell you what, 
I like a lot of those hotels out there. And I don't care. Some of them are really cheap and really cool. Right. Circus Circus was a great hotel in the sense that I love the gambling floor. Um, they got the circus upstairs for the kids, which is kind of fun. And you know, right. also it's kind of fun. Um, the food there was okay, I guess. But it was a nightmare because it was so cheap. And if you got your room cheap, you stayed in one of those towers that are in the back of the circus circus. Uh-huh. And the elevators were packed with illegals. I hate to say that, but they were. And the hallways smoked like pot. The rooms were constantly getting broken into. It was just a nightmare. Right. The hallways right. were dark. I was afraid to walk down. It took sometimes forever today to get on a, 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 a an elevator because they were packed. When they got to your floor, they were already packed with people. You just sat there. Was, I waited 25 minutes one time for just one elevator to come get me because it just took forever with all those people. And then one jackass kid got on, pushed every button on the elevator. Oh, so it stopped at every, oh. And then got off. You know, you wanted to, yeah, yeah. It was not cool. Uh, but I get, you get what you pay for. It's still a fun hotel. I like the shopping there and everything else. But Vegas, and like I said, when I first started, I was required to wear a tuxedo on stage. And that's because there wasn't a guy in the showroom that wasn't in a suit. And there wasn't a woman that wasn't dressed to kill. Because going to Vegas was something that was like Mecca and something to dress up for. Now it's. It's really hard. The cruise ships were the same way. Formal night on a cruise ship used to mean, you know, people would rent a tux just to go on the cruise. And the women had dresses that, the you know, were to die for. Now you're lucky if you get a clean Harley Davidson T-shirt. Yeah, no kidding. All the money Vegas makes on everyone gambling, they should give you free food. Yes, they yeah. should. And they used to, Natalie. That's the whole thing. Yeah. They used to do that. Now it's like, well, now we can keep this too. And they do. Yeah, there's a lot. And I used to hear stories from Trey. I mean, talking about the way that you know, Vegas was compared to what it is now. It's so weird. I mean, we went to a, it's like the link or whatever. They have like all, it's where the big Ferris wheel is now and stuff. Yes. Yes. And just walking down the road, it just smelled like pot everywhere. And I have nothing against marijuana. I mean, smoke it up if you got it. That's fine. I don't do it but anymore. But right. everywhere you went, it just smelled like weed. I got to tell you, for me, I had not been to Vegas. I was there last December, not this past, but the December before 21. And uh, downtown got really old. The Golden Nugget and the Stardust and the original Vegas uh, has aged because of the monstrosities. When was the last time you were there, though? Uh, it was a year in December. And then before that, it was probably in 94. Because old Vegas now with like Fremont Street and stuff, they put, they have all experience there now with like stages all over the place with live yes. music. And then they have the, the over the top, which is all like digital screens. And it's actually right. pretty cool. And we, the, that was probably the cheapest dinner we had was uh, $7.99 for a prime rib dinner at Tony Roma's in old Vegas. Yeah, there's good but, food. Yeah, she had fun there. I mean, that was that was a good time. Plus, you know, all the street performers. I thought Old Vegas was actually pretty cool. Uh, we got Tony Masaccio on the line. I know he's a big fan of Vegas. I know he's been there quite a few times, playing golf and hanging out. You like Vegas, didn't you? Really? You there? Can you? 
Can you hear me? Yeah, you're breaking up a lot, Tony. All right, how's this? Are you okay? We're okay. Can you hear us or not? All right, I'm not getting reception here. Um, Looks like body cam video. Tony, come back when you actually have reception. Uh, We'll check in with Tony in just a little bit. Hopefully he comes back soon. But wherever he's at, (laughs) uh, just have a good cell phone signal currently. Uh, So I'm sure he'll come back on. Now, we got Ron Keel from the band Steeler, 80s band, and Ron Keel Band and many other projects coming up after 6 o'clock. There's a lot to get into with that guy, Keel Fest. Um, But we'll ask him a bunch of stuff. If you got any questions for him, I'm sure we'll get some. uh, He'll be able to take some of those as well. Um, And again, Frank the Tank coming up in just a little bit with his uh, big game picks. Let's try Tony again. Tony. Yes. There you go. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. All right. You got me. Yep. Go ahead. All right. Wonderful. Guys, I I am here live at Kitchen Social, which is in Pinecrest by Harvard and 271. It's right off the exit here. This is a $230 million complex that the DeGeronimo's built in 2016. Restaurants, apartments, movie theater, shopping. It's absolutely gorgeous. So let me just span here. Can you see the bar? Oh, yeah. It looks yeah. beautiful in there. It's absolutely gorgeous. So this place opens up at about 11 o'clock in the morning, and they are busy until they close. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. Gorgeous, isn't it? Absolutely oh, yeah. modern. It's got an open kitchen. They also carry... Hi, Candace. How are you? Nice to see you. They also carry... Put the camera down. I want to see Candace. This is a... Can you see this? That's better. You were pointing at the ceiling. Bring it down. There you go. Can you see that? Yep. Take a bottle of milk. That's a hundred and that's a hundred and fifty. It's a hundred and fifty dollar bottle of red wine from Napa Valley. Wow. Very nice, right? Yeah, nothing like uh, yeah. my salary. So can but you yeah. hold this for one second here? Yeah. <laughs> Just hold that for one second. All right, guys. I'll, I'll see you out of here pretty soon. I'm taking the famous with me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you got to love this place. As it said, it's just a great vibe. They're open seven days a week. They have one of the greatest menus because you can not only get a pizza to go, you can get salmon. You can get gluten-free. You can get vegan. You Every option. They also have on their brunch... They have a shrimp and grits. Guys, it's the best shrimp and grits I've ever had. It's absolutely wonderful. So, folks, how's your dinner? You're on television. It was wonderful. Fantastic. I hope you're allowed to be with her because I just did this. (laughs) (laughs) So, his wife just checked in with us, Tony. Real quick. Say that again. Nothing. Go ahead. Where are you at? No. Go, keep talking. 
So this right here is the complex. This is a shake shack right here. And down there is all the shopping right here at Pinecrest, which again is located on two, off the 271 in the Harvard exit. There okay. are probably, well, there's, there's over seven restaurants right in this area. And down the street is Whole Foods. Wow. You got any questions for him, Mike? How's that reception? Well, the reception has been great. Um, you know, um, when you talk to management, remind them or ask them if they know this, but vegan is an old Indian word. It means shitty hunter. <laughs> I, like, I like that one, Mike. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that is a good one. That's fantastic. Well, so as always, I'm going to get you a little bit jealous, Mr. Chiselka. All right, what are you eating tonight? Go. Don't just show us. I, what are you eating I got their Oh, my God. You have, to eat all that. you have to eat all that before you allow to eat? barbecue. Wow. Salmon, pizza. Can you see it? Yep. Yeah, we can see it. You have to so, eat all that always, before you can leave. Full of food here. Yeah. Um, the cool part about this place is they have one location here, and they have two locations out of Columbus. When they came here, they opened it up during pandemic, which was one hell of a gamble because they gutted this entire restaurant, and they put probably the chef said alone just in the kitchen they have a half a million dollars in just new equipment which isn't you know that's not unusual with this with new state-of-the-art that's happening in restaurants you have something yeah uh being a vegan is a huge mistake we got a text nice james nice <laughs> i i love it i'm telling you so well, the food looks all right. So, guys, next, go ahead, Seth. The food looks amazing, so that's right. Do you ever put any I'm of the sorry, food? I'm bad receptions. Okay. Do you ever put any of the food in your mouth, or you just look at it? I, oh no, I do. Here, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna have some of this Korean barbecue right here. Oh, great! Make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's mm. very good, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> better than a, it's better than alfalfa sprouts, I'll bet. So, again, you have to make reservations at this place during the weekend because at 5 o'clock between 7, there are people wrapped around this building, whether it be winter, summer, or spring. This is really the hottest new area on the east side, which is an easy exit, as I've said, because it's right off of 271. Right. So they also have Cooper Hawk, which is one of the fine wineries right down the street here. And they also have BJ's, which is a great bur burger place. Yeah. So we're going to be visiting a few more of these places in Pinecrest within the next couple months. It's a great winter place, great summer place. Good. So, Those look guys, like garage doors. Do they open up? Do they have a huge patio? That's right, Mike. I'm glad you noticed it. Actually, this turns into their patio. So these garage doors around the entire perimeter of this building opens up. So it's nice and it's got a nice breeze in the spring and summertime. 
Nice. Isn't it, squirrel? Well, it so looks amazing, again. You've got to go out to eat. Say that again, Seth. It looks amazing, Tony. So tell us again where you're at and where yeah, we can yeah. find you. So, again, I'm at Kitchen Social in Pinecrest, located off of Harvard and 271. And you can find me on Flashpoint every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. between 10 o'clock and 11, obviously talking about restaurants. So, again, Flashpoint 1490 WERE. Guys, before I leave, one more thing. Who was the first female to make $100 million in the PGA? Babe Zacharias. Tiger wife's... Nope. Tiger's wife after the divorce. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> Bye. Holy shit. How about, um, you know... Uh, we'll do some reception checks before we uh, go to restaurants. Um, it'd be a, be a good idea. Um, but whatever. It looks like a great place. It looks like a lot of fun. The food looks amazing. Uh, Kitchen Social, Pinecrest. Uh, check it out. Tony, 1490 WERE on Saturdays. You can check him out. Um, looks like a fun place. Looks like a great place. And, Just wish I could hear him or ask too. him a question. Yeah. But we don't do enough of this, I don't think, in this town. I have lived in cities where it took you 40 minutes to go anywhere just because the freeways were jammed. And you can be in chagrin. If you live in downtown, you can be the far east side, the far west side in 20 minutes, either direction. From where you're at in the uh, Broadview Heights, uh, Seth, I, I grew up there my whole life, too. You can go to Woodmere, you can go to Chagrin Falls, you can go to the east side, and you'll be there in a half hour. And if you're with somebody that you want to go with, a couple of good songs on the radio and a little bit of t- chat, and it's worth it. There are some hidden gems, uh, you know, to, to go discover and eat something different, not just go same place over and over and over and over. Cleveland's a great food town. Yeah, I've never been to Pinecrest. Uh, have you? I've, oh, I have not yet, but I'm going to make a note to do that. Everybody says, you know, Shake Shack is really good. I don't know. Never tried it. There's a Shake uh, Shack I would try. Yeah, I, people that I know that work downtown say that I'd be, if I worked down there, I'd be spending a lot of money. Um, <laughs> I've heard the exact same thing, and they got a line of uh, supposedly really hot burgers, too, that I would be interested in. But Kitchen Social looks like a great place. It looks like a lot of fun. I don't know. I'll I'll check it out. Yeah. We got to start broadcasting from these restaurants and sit at those tables full of food so it doesn't go to waste. Yeah, that would be good. (laughs) Because I I can't imagine Tony sitting there chowing down on all that food. No, I told him before, man, I'd weigh 300 pounds if I had his job. Yeah. All right. Uh, Well, we got a... We're going to talk about the big game here in just a few minutes. Um, We got Frank the Tank coming on. He's going to talk about uh, uh, some of the prop bets and who he thinks is going to win this thing. Nice. We'll get into that discussion in just a minute. Ron Keel from the band Steeler, 80s band, and the Ron Keel band, many other projects uh, coming up after 6 o'clock. So just keep hanging out. We'll be back. What separates Triv's Restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over. But then there are restaurants like Triv's, 
where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? Because the food's delicious and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations. 440-238-8830. Triv's in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection, making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. This is a local small business, veteran owned and proud. Joe Burdick creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride, and patriotism by calling 440-305-2065 and let Joe's flag serve you. 440-305-2065. Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on, you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair, 13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all, from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. Winter is here. So call Charlie's Auto Repair for snow plowing needs. 216-470-0170. Charlie's Auto Repair. Let Charlie make your car great once again. Right back here on the uh, Seth Williams Show with Mike Saka, the band show on Facebook currently because of some stupid meme that we put on there, or I put on there, sorry. And... Uh, we don't look like outlaws. What? We don't look like outlaws. Yeah, well, I feel like one. You know, you make fun of Hunter Biden. Well, if you're this show, I guess you make fun of Hunter Biden and you get banned. Uh, other shows and other things I've seen have made fun of Hunter Biden and they're fine. Um, I did get an interesting email from somebody today saying that there is a, a troll out there who uh, doesn't like this show, didn't like Triv and is trying to make life miserable. Um, I don't know how this person knows that, but they they do. So it is what it is. Um, gonna talk big game a little bit. Super Bowl happening on Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. Well, actually, I don't know if I am or not. I don't really care. Uh, to be honest, and we'll bring Frank on here in just a second. But to be honest, this is gonna be the first Super Bowl that I've been sober for in over a decade. And so I don't really know how I'm feeling about this because I'm not really that excited. Uh, the teams, I, I guess, are okay. But I used to enjoy having a couple of beers and watching the halftime show. And, you know, it made it a little bit more fun. Now, I don't know. Maybe I can smoke a little weed or something like that. Yeah, you're going to – you were used to seeing 44 people on the field at a time, huh? No, I mean, come on. I never got that way. But, I mean, 
you know, enough to enjoy the game at least, especially when it sucked or the commercials were bad or whatever. But let's bring yeah. Frank the Tank in here. Hey, hey guys. Hey, Thanks for having me again. Thank you for coming on. Our resident degenerate gambler. I, I don't know, they're, <laughs> they're not. They're not at all. You're a good dude. But you're rocking a porn stash. I will say that. Oh, yeah. I'm working on it. You know, it's it's getting there. Yeah. It's getting there. <laughs> if the career in broadcasting doesn't work out, you're going to be on Pornhub, no doubt. You got to have backup plans, Seth. I mean, Absolutely. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't found mine yet. I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we got the big game happening on Sunday. And who is it? The Chiefs and the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Are you excited about this game, Frank? Uh, I, I hear where you're coming from. I probably won't be sober for the game. I'm going to have a few beers, and that definitely adds to the fun of the Super Bowl. But I am excited because, I mean, Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes. I love watching him play, and I do have family from the Philly area. There's some scumbag Philly fans in my family, so I have a little bit. I'm rooting for Philly for my family for sure, so I have kind of a dog in the race. So I'm excited for sure. I lived in Cleveland Heights for a little while. Um I didn't go to Cleveland Heights High School because my parents thought that I'd be shot or killed or something, and so they've sent me to Ignatius. And so, yeah, Not I really, that choice. I mean, I don't really have the connection to the Kelsey guys that uh, you know, I didn't go to the school, right? But I guess there's a Cleveland connection with either team, right? Um, yeah. I I don't know. I don't like Patrick Mahomes. I don't know why people do. I I think he's, I think he's. I guess he's good. Maybe he's, he's like overrated. He's Curry of the NFL. He does things that I've limb. never seen people I'm do. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Patrick Mahomes is overrated. Wow, I like that take. Coming in with the hot takes. Yeah, I think I, he is. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I think Mahomes is once-in-a-lifetime talent. I and think then, he's going to – yeah. Yeah, I don't think he was injured either. I would say <laughs> he played this whole, you know, I'm going to hobble around, and he does some magical stuff, and that's great. But I saw him at the press conference walk off like you and I would walk off. Actually, yeah, better he, than I would walk off. He walked off just fine. He was fine. And any player you ask about it, Julian Edelman was on a podcast talking about it. And he goes, yeah, high angle sprain, like four weeks, no, like easily four weeks hurt. It's bothering you. So for him to do that in one week turnaround, that was insane. He's he's a god, though, Seth. That is what it is. I don't think he was lying. I think he's, it's just Pat Mahomes. We saw Big Ben do that how many times in his career as well. He'd have a walking boot after every game. Yeah, but Big Ben was a, you know, he was a big dude. And so he, he, was, got, yeah. he got a little bit more padding on him, and he, right. you know, he can you know, maybe. You know, Patrick Mahomes is not exactly a large individual, so he, no, he's, he's not. High ankle sprain. He, that guy should be out for a month. I'm not <laughs> yeah. buying any of it. It's all rigged. The refs the rigged the game. Yeah, you know, the refs rigged that game. Anyways, the Bengals should be in it. Not that I'm a big Bengals fan, but they should still be in it. Joe Burrow's a handsome young devil, and I was Burrow is the man. Smoking Joe. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot going on with the game this weekend. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to make as far as food goes. Got to have buffalo chicken dip. See, I, that's what I said to my family. I said, I got to make some buffalo chicken dip. I got to must crock pot I can use. I don't know. What are you going to make? Uh, I'm always I'm going to smoke some chicken wings. I love my smoker. I'm always smoking meat. So definitely going to have wings going. I like all the good little appetizers. Just stuff that I can just graze and snack on before the game, during the game. So a little bit of everything. You said like you a like good spread. Your, you said you were gonna smoke, and immediately I was like, "All right, smoke." You should say that. <laughs> no, like a meat smoker. Wins. I love yeah, smoking meats. I yeah, got absolutely. Love it's hard it, to yeah. keep lit. I saw a recipe uh, this past week for um, 
Philly uh, cheesesteak uh, Sloppy Joe's, where it was like ground beef with the onions and the peppers and the cheese sauce. That and sounds just good. Cut open a good roll and stuff like that, and, and fill it full of ground beef. And I would house a few of those that way. Yeah, I would definitely partake in that. That's something. And I would it. also eat the Cincinnati chili. So either way, you know, it's it's good. To oh, the food is one of the best parts of the Super Bowl. Just agree. Not caring what you're intaking, just give me everything. Let me ask both you guys. Do you people every year say that the Monday after the Super Bowl should just be a holiday since everybody's all hungover and do you do you think that this weekend either play the game earlier on Sunday or have Monday off? What would you do? I like both. I mean, a three thirty game I think would be great. Um, and then I Monday to hate sleep that it off. And yeah, then Monday to sleep it off. Yeah, me too. Exactly. You're in bed by nine. Then you're partying our day. You're drinking a little earlier. I like I like the earlier game for sure. But give me the earlier game and Monday off if if oh. possible. <laughs> you know. I'll buy that. Uh, see, this year, because I'm not partaking any adult beverages. Hey, you'd be sober. Uh, yeah, this is going to suck. I'm going to get halfway through it and turn on The Bachelor or something. Um, but or the puppy bowl. Yeah, but <laughs> I, uh, I could care less. If, you know, I, I always have Mondays off I guess right now. So I don't care if you get Monday off or not. But when I was, you know, when I did have a job and was partaking, I guess the whole Monday off thing would be a good idea. It's all, it almost is like a national holiday. Yep. Yeah, more why not? Watch, more people watch the Super Bowl than celebrate Christmas. So, yeah, you should probably have the day off. Um, I'm with it. Frank, so, before we get into the actual individual bets and stuff like that, yeah. the first thing that popped up is that the estimates were that 50 million people would place some sort of wager on the Super Bowl. Now, That's give or insane. take, if 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 the average number, and this is way low given the people that, you know, bet lots of money, right. at 100 bucks average, that's $5 billion. <laughs> that's nuts. And the majority of those people are probably going to lose. Too. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, it's insane. They have these books, they have a monopoly on this stuff. It's nuts. People are going to bet on it. I'm going to be one of them for sure. I mean, I'm betting on stuff every day. Yeah, it's insane the amount of money. And that's, yeah, $100, that's about a good average because I'm sure you got people putting multiple thousands of dollars on bets. Right. You got your $50 betters, a little bit of everything. I'm sure it averages out about 100 bucks. That is just a disgusting amount of money. Uh, Scott says move President's Day to that Monday. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because yeah, everybody parted with all their dead presidents. <laughs> so how has legalized gambling helped you or hurt you? Are you spending more now that it's you know in every bar, or restaurant, whatever it is now? Well, it's helped me because it's so much easier to cash out with just these legal, legitimate sports books. The money can be in my bank account and when I cash out pretty quickly. Whereas if when I was using offshore sites, I'm going to let that money just hang around because I don't feel like jumping through the hoops. So I'm just using it to play around with. But yeah, it's it's helped me. I, it's a little more income. Which I don't rely on, of course, but it's been coming in. I've I've been betting college hoops pretty much every day, and it it's it's freaking awesome. I love legalized gambling. It's treated me not, great. Not that you would ever use offshore illegal betting sites. Uh, no, right, of course. Uh, yeah, if you yeah, did, you'd probably let that money hang out there, and yeah, yeah. If people, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well put. But well so put. Let, let's get to the game itself, and then I want to get to some of these prop bets with you guys. Oh yeah. Um. What's the line on this game? Who's favorite here? 
one and a half points. It opened up as a pick on with no spread, but now the Eagles are favored by one and a half at most books. I would take that. I would take the Eagles in this one. I'm with you. I like the Eagles, and I'm I'm no surprise you're an anti Mahomes. So you got to go Eagles. Well, it's not even that. I mean, the Eagles have just <laughs> been they they look pretty pretty damn good the entire yeah. season. Yeah. I, I don't know. Right. Yeah, they. I mean, they dominate the trenches. Those are teams I love backing of football teams that dominate the trenches. They have the best offensive line of football and the best defensive line of football, and I think that's a big reason that they're going to win this game. Of course, Mahomes can do Mahomes-like things, and he, the Chiefs could absolutely win this game. It's a one-point spread. I like the Eagles. I'm going to back the Eagles on Sunday. I, I mean, their defense is so good. They got a few ball hawks in the secondary. We'll get to the prop bets, but I think Mahomes throws an interception on Sunday for sure, and I like the Eagles. Mike, who do you like? I think it's Cincinnati's turn. And I think that because everybody's so convinced that Philadelphia is going to die. Cincinnati's turn. I'm sorry, Kansas City. That oh, Kansas you City had him confused, Seth, talking about like it was the Cincinnati actually won a few weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think all the money's going to be on Philly. And, and that's since nobody wins, Vegas will clean up. All right. Um, some of these prop bets are interesting. It's a good way of thinking about it. I mean, I, I was looking at some of these uh, before we started the show. I didn't see most of the bizarre ones. I know I'm sure going to throw a few of those at me. Yeah. I was looking at a lot of the player ones, like over this many rushing yards and things like that. But All right. Well, let me toss some of these out at you. These are yeah. both. I'll ask both of you. Mike, if you've got a couple, we can toss them out too. Sure. Um, celebrity to be shown during the broadcast. Odds, let's just name the <laughs> top ones. Yeah. The chalk. Joe Biden. Ugh. Bradley, Joe Biden's at minus 500. Bradley Cooper's at minus 500. They use that term celebrity loosely. Joe Biden. Yeah. Annie Kardashian sisters at minus 500. Eric Stone Street is at minus 300. I don't even know who that guy is. I was going to say that. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Not the slightest idea. Um... Uh, Matt Damon is at minus 120. Jill Biden is plus 100. I don't know. After she kissed that dude the other night, she might be, there might be something out there. But what, so who do you think the Keep her first celebrity doors. is going to be? Oh, it's first they show, huh? Yeah. And that's oh, well, it's a celebrity TV show. So. Okay. Well, first, I, I feel like Jill Biden's a good um, money play, right? Because if Joe Biden is the chalk pick, you might as well take his wife, who's probably going to be sitting right next to him. I would probably take Joe Biden, I think. Yeah, and Joe, doesn't, they, doesn't the president usually do like a halftime interview or some crap like that? So, Hopefully not him, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they might. <laughs> All right. Uh, America, I don't want to get you banned talking bad about Joe Biden. I'm yeah, sorry. it doesn't matter anymore. America the Beautiful. <laughs> Who will be shown first during America the Beautiful? Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? Oh, wow. Mahomes. Mahomes right? is at I mean, minus one forty-five. Jalen yeah. Hurts is at plus one forty-five. I'm taking the uh, the favorite there. I'll lay the juice on Mahomes. There was one that I thought was kind of interesting here. Oh, this one. How many times will Tom Brady be mentioned? Oh, now it's an over/under. The over/under is one and a half times. That you got to take the over on that because they they're going to over talk the Tom Brady thing to death. 
You yeah. would think that he'd be mentioned and, in the first three minutes of the broadcast. For yeah. And the fact that Philly is playing, you'd have to imagine they're going to mention the, their last Super Bowl, which they beat Tom Brady in. So, yeah, over. I think two. Over. Yeah, I think it hits around two or three times. Yeah, I'd go over. Uh, whose mom or wife will be shown first? Donna Kelsey oh. or Brittany Mahomes? Donna Kelsey, of course, the mom of Travis and Jason or Brittany Mahomes. Well, wife. I don't want to talk bad on someone's wife. But she's obnoxious. I hope that they don't so, show her at all. She's she so obnoxious. Though? Is she hot, though? I haven't seen her. Mm. Mm. A little bit of, you know. Really? Resembles like the John Elway horse mouth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not for me. Not my type. But That's hey, type. Not, doesn't seem like her personality is great either. But no, I'd go. I mean, everyone's talking about the Kelsey's being right. You'd have to think they're going to go right to her to show whose jersey is she wearing. Have to say, definitely Mrs. Kelsey. Yeah, Mrs. Kelsey's going to have one of those jerseys on that's half and half. Yeah, you can bet that one. You can take that one in the bank. Yeah, hundred percent. Apparently, Biden said last night that Joe was going. Yeah, that's an easy bet. I might make that right when I get off with you guys. Plus a hundred. Why not? There you go. See, we made you some money. Yeah. You got, you got any bets there, Mike? Uh, yeah. Chris Stapleton is doing the national anthem. And the tip that I got was whoever the uh, network say was the cousin of whoever heard rehearsal usually knows exactly how long the national anthem is going to take. So uh, word is this year that um, take the over that he's Mike, this is so awesome because one of my best friends knows a guy who knows a guy who would hear these rehearsals as well. He doesn't work for whatever the company was anymore, but there was about three, four Super Bowls straight where we got word and we put, we hammered the over under and it hit no problem. So I'm going with you. I'm locked in with you on that. You said the over. Yes. The over I'm with you. I love that. Okay. Cool. We're giving Uh, him lots of tips, Seth. And you said, yeah, look at this. Tell everybody how to bet. All right. Well, again, I guess Joe Biden's doing a pregame interview. Length of Joe Biden's pregame interview under four and a half or over four and a half minutes? Under everything's they they try to cram so much stuff in, nothing gets covered in depth. I'm back in. Yeah, I'm with Michael on this one. Under they there's Jake, so much content to get to. Yeah, Jake texted in. You know, Jake. As soon as I heard Frank said Eagles, I felt better. Although. I broke never bet a parlay rule. Hey, I mean, you learn it yourself. You'll bet parlays, lose, 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 and then you'll you'll learn. That's all right. That's the best all way right. to learn, Jake. The reason I'm going to say Joe Biden's interview is going to be under four and a half is because I don't think it can last more than four and a half. Uh, that's just my opinion. I think last yeah. time they propped him up and he out-talked everything they could possibly do. Plus, half of it you couldn't understand anyhow. Um, player Joe Biden mentions first in pregame interview, Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes. You can bet on this stuff. I didn't even realize he'd be talking about the game. That's frightening. Um, Mahomes, I mean, if it's a competition between Mahomes or Hurts on who's getting mentioned first from anybody, I just have to imagine Mahomes. He's just the bigger storyline. What will Joe Biden say first during pregame interview? Jobs? Come on, man. Super Bowl. (laughs) Again, this is (laughs) stuff that you can bet on. Will he say jobs first, Super Bowl, Ukraine, Build back better or diversity at plus 600 for diversity. All right, here's my here's my guess. Here's my take. He's going to point at the Goodyear blimp and say, shoot it down. <laughs> That's good. 
I'm going to go yeah. with Jobs on that one. I mean, yeah, he's got his – well, I don't know. It ha- I'm going to hope he sticks to just football here and just say Super Bowl, Joe, get in, get out. He will. And go with Super Bowl. All right. Um, another one. That, yeah, these are prop bets out there. There's so will many. The, will the Kelsey brothers hug after the final whistle on the field? Yes is at minus 320. No is at plus 210. I mean, yeah, yeah. If they don't, that's a big, that's a kind of a big storyline, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, players who don't like each other during the game usually hug after the game. Let alone blood brothers. Yeah, yeah. but if you're if you're pissed at losing, wouldn't you want to? See, that I never tough. understood that. Super and I used Bowl, to get yeah. mad at the Browns all the time because the Browns were perpetual losers, and the fact that they'd get their ass kicked once again by the Steelers or once again by whoever, and then after the game they're out there shaking hands and laughing jerseys and stuff like yeah. that, laughing. Dude, I just spent $60 plus 100 on beer to come see your sorry ass. And you're going to be out there laughing and joking that you just lost the exactly. game? Get the hell see, out of here. If see, you're going to friends, yeah. go to the locker room and do it. See, I, do think, it on the field. I think the NHL does that right. In regular season games and even after each playoff game, they don't shake hands. But at the end of playoff series, they do a long handshake line. That I like. I love the handshake line in, in professional hockey playoffs. But, yeah, they don't do any of that after regular games or even after game one, two or three in the playoffs, it's only right. after series. So I think they got it down. Right. Another one I think is pretty obvious. Again, these are prop bets that you can bet on for the Super Bowl this Sunday. Uh, will DeMar Hamlin Hamlin be said during the broadcast? Yes. Is it minus two fifty? No, is it plus one seventy five? Oh, Unless he's at the game. I can't imagine he gets mentioned. Right. Oh, it's they kinda, have to mention oh, him. It's the biggest story of the NFL season. He'll get mentioned because yeah. it just came out today that his agent talked to his doctor, and they both think that he's going to be playing uh, uh, pro football again. Wow! Then you guys just swayed me. I'm with you guys then. That he's definitely being mentioned. I was wondering. I mean, why would they mention the Bills? But yeah, if he's back in the news cycle, then yeah, they're going to eat that up. Yep. Yeah. Um, Mark says Biden refers to Super Bowl One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, player oh, Biden references first Gale Sayers. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even know what planet he's on. You know, these are better bets for sure. Well, hopefully, he will announce his retirement. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of Biden fans here. Uh, Frank, how I love how the text flowed in like this. It's yeah. Great. Oh yeah, they're coming. Yeah, it's in. Nice. Uh, Frank, how how much? Uh, how many points do you think Philly wins by? A field goal. Oh, I got so. Philly by a field goal. I think it's going to be close. I think one possession game, for sure. It's going to be a good one. No, I'm, see, I'm, I'm, I think this out. Yeah, I'm thinking. I love it, Seth. I'm, I'm going Philly <laughs> thirty-five. Um, Mahomes seventeen. I was, I was thinking seventeen in my head. That's weird. Uh, that's, see, that's good football score. Yeah, that's see, thirty-five seventeen. <laughs> Mark. You mark that, Frank. If that comes through, you're, you're going to be on the show on Monday. Oh, yeah. I'm everybody is going to say Seth is right all the time about everything. Nostradamus. Will there be an octopus, Dumbass. Frank? Will there be an octopus? Yes is plus 1,300 and no is minus 5,000. What the hell is an octopus? An octopus is that eight-legged thing they throw on the... What did you say? Will, there, will somebody throw an octopus uh, onto the field? Uh, will they throw an octopus on the field? You can be, I, because the sports books make up stuff for people to lose money. They on. must have a war. Yeah, people. Yeah, it might happen if this was happening like a 
It's in Arizona. Yeah, a different town. Like if it was in Seattle, I might like, oh, maybe throw a catfish if they were down in Tennessee. Because I know the Nashville Predators do that in hockey. People will sneak yeah. in. Taylor Lewan, a football NFL player, actually brought in a catfish and threw it onto the ice once, yeah. <laughs> two years but ago. But everybody I'd have to. Octop- everybody throws an octopus at hockey games. Somebody yeah. did it at a uh, Arizona at a Diamondback baseball game. Oh no, kidding! Okay, so, so the prop bet is now: Will somebody throw an octopus because it's the Super Bowl? If I had to bet it, I'm going to say yes because I don't feel like laying all the juice on no throw. Two dollars on yes, and yeah, and then your night is made if an octopus makes its way onto the field. It's <laughs> that's a wild one. Which Chiefs fan will be shown first? Jason Sudeikis, Paul Rudd, Rob Riggle, or Henry Winkler? Henry Winkler is a plus five hundred. So I, Henry Winkler's my guy, and he's the only one who's been in a football movie out of those guys. I think right there you go. And Water Boy. So yeah, I'm going with him. Sure. Which okay. Eagles fan will be shown first? Bradley Cooper? Yeah. Uh, Ke- yeah. Kevin Hart or Pink? <laughs> I mean, Bradley Cooper. Bradley. They no, can't show Kevin Hart Bradley. because he follows one particular sports book. He's oh, true. He's, got, he's, he's the spokesperson for a particular sports book. I like the way you think he's through. That's... Uh, CMS Network checks in. Biden will throw the octopus. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That would cash out a million dollars. I got another another math one for you, Frank. Let's hear it. uh, Will the coin toss end up being heads or tails? And here's the math. The last four have been heads. Five of the last nine have been tails. Wow. Five tails in a row. So recency bias says heads heads in a row. Longevity says tails. I've been tails guy as long as I can remember. I don't think I've ever picked heads before. I'm going tails. There you go. It's flipping back. Uh, Scott wants to know, where did you get that Wahoo behind you? Oh, that actually, my grandfather, who has since passed, he made these in his wood workshop all the time. He's okay. Most people in my family have one, yeah. So he actually handmade handmade that. Nice. That's really, really cool, actually. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things I have, for sure. Um, Somebody said, Biden not retiring. He gave his campaign speech last night. Okay. Uh, Tails never fails, and we're due. And we're due, exactly. I'm trusting the longevity stat. Well, that's interesting because the sports person that they they were talking to from uh, Bleacher Report said that they thought that it would be uh, heads one more time so that it would be 50-50 over the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. That would be, that would go right to Seth's script take, and it's all fake and scripted. Well, and see now, what I've heard about the coin toss. Coin. Though, what I've heard about the coin toss is that the coin toss is not actually done on the field. Like the coin toss is done in the locker room before the game starts, before they actually do that thing on the field. It's more of a ceremonial thing wow. that they do on the field. But the actual coin toss is done behind the scenes, so nothing goes wrong. That's what I heard. That's interesting. I could be wrong. Now, the other thing that I, I want to know is the conspiracy. Who, Everything. When it comes to like these, uh, the national anthem, and they put the length on all that kind of stuff. What's to stop, you know, somebody who's singing it from telling like their friends, "Hey, this is how long it's yeah. going to be." 
Make yeah. a, here's a million dollars. Put it down on this. Yeah, they can. Do Why that. not? Watching it real fast and 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 make the money. Yeah, especially with yeah. you know gambling being legal now, pretty much everywhere. Why wouldn't you do that? I would absolutely do that. If I or was, who the hell is singing that, the national anthem this year? I don't even know. Think of this. What I, Chris I don't even know the halftime show is. Chris Stapleton. Oh yeah, Chris Stapleton. That's right. No, I like Chris Stapleton. But, but think about this: if all the yeah. if all the money's coming down on the over. Someone might offer that singer a lot of money to speed up the process as well. So yeah, there could be the books. Yeah. A lot of things that can go wrong. hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. Here's my take. If somebody throws an octopus at Chris Stapleton, all kinds of prop bets are going wrong already. Absolutely. They're going to be out the window. Oh, man. I'm going to be looking for an octopus. If it hits him in the face while he's singing it and he can't sing the rest of it, when do we stop the clock on the, the anthem? Yeah, and if he has a wardrobe malfunction, I'm turning the game off. I'm not going to sit there three hours if that's the start the game is up. Oh, God. I have so many things I want to say, but I'm concerned about saying When I heard wardrobe malfunction, I immediately thought of Justin Timberlake Yeah, many moons ago. With that I have no idea tournament. how that screwed up our business, Frank. Like, I'm telling you, when that happened, um, <laughs> the radio industry went in the tank because they were afraid <laughs> of every little thing that you said or did. And because yeah. of what? Because of a nipple? <laughs> what was I watching the other day? I was watching, it was a pretty was awesome good, moment. I was watching, of course, Miley Cyrus in a clip that I saw because I'm addicted to TikTok. And she was saying, what is the problem with the boob? Like, a man can take his shirt off and show everything, including his nipple. A yeah. woman has to keep their nipples <laughs> covered at all times. What is the problem here? And I totally agree. I mean, Janet Jackson's nipple one, you couldn't see it all that great. Otherwise, I would have recorded and kept it in my library forever. But <laughs> what's the problem with having a nipple on TV? I'd show mine now, except you know, I, you know it's awkward with the camera. Yeah, it's what your audience is looking for. But yeah, you think you might even get more, <laughs> more viewers. Believe Never know. We got another text from Jake. Jake is uh, apparently a big fan of yours because he never listens to the show until you're on. That's how the coin toss happens in Madden now. It's, it's true. Anymore. When the Browns flipped a coin for who would be the starting quarterback with Charlie Fry, Eds, and Darkens. Yes. They both sucked. Now, Actually, there, is like a, there is a – yeah, 2007, he was awesome. There is a player prop that I like, and this is – you had me thinking about it, Seth, because you'd think that Mahomes' ankle's fine. You don't yes. think he even hurt it to begin with. Nope. And – the first prop I saw in my eyebrows when I'm probably going to bet it is Patrick Mahomes' first rushing attempt over three and a half yards. And I was doing a little research, and Andy Reid does not do QB sneaks with Mahomes because he got hurt two or three years ago doing a QB sneak. He hasn't done one since. So he's not going to do a QB sneak for one yard. If he runs, he's probably going to go for five, five or six yards. So I like over three and a half rushing yards for Mahomes' first rushing oh, attempt. And I think that number's low because of his ankle. I really well, do. Frank, I appreciate you coming on tonight for all the information. Yeah, we really appreciate it, Frank. And thank and you guys for the info. You guys, yeah. gonna, me we're going to have you on again nuggets. at some point here. We'll keep talking to you, but we appreciate everything. Somebody's looking to sponsor this segment, Frank the Tank, our betting guru. Uh, we will take your emails, Seth and Mike at Outlook.com. But Frank, thank you very much, and Thanks, we will talk guys. to you soon, my friend. Thank Enjoy you. Enjoy the big game, guys. See ya. Yeah, you, you too. You too. Uh, we have Ron Keel coming up in about a minute and a half. Uh, we're going to be talking to him in just a few. So keep hanging. Hang on. Hey, it's Seth from Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road in the Pleasant Valley Shopping Center right next to Big Lots. You got to check out Mario, man. Great guy, does a lot for charities, but can perform miracles with hair. He even made me look clean cut. 
does my hair, does a great job. Love talking to the guy while I'm sitting there. It's a great place to go. Local business. You gotta go to Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road. Again, in Parma, Pleasant Valley Shopping Center, right next to Big Lots. Or give them a call, 216-520-1977. That's 216-520-1977. Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Trust Joe's Lakewood Computer at 14035 Madison in Lakewood. They have over 30 years of professional service handling laptop and desktop repair services, virus removal, and data migration, and much more. You can trust them with hardware updates to your computer's memory and hard drive. Call 216-651-3880. Whether you need a simple Windows install or you're interested in the latest computers for gaming, call Joe's Lakewood Computer at 216-651-3880. This is Tim Elkhorn, radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers for attorney Will Spiegelberg. Will Spiegelberg is not only a name you know, he's someone you can trust as your attorney no matter the circumstance. Will Spiegelberg is an attorney you can always count on. Will Spiegelberg is the attorney you should contact for all your legal work. When you need an attorney, call Will Spiegelberg at 216-233-4240. Attorney Will Spiegelberg, a great teammate. 216-233-4240. Back here on the Seth Williams Show, joined now by Ron Keel. Greetings, guys. Hello, Hi, Seth, how Michael. Are Greetings. How are you doing too. tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Glad I tuned in early to get some of those football tips, man. Good stuff. See, see we're telling we keep you informed here on this show. I, I, not really, but yeah, it was kind of nice. There's a lot of well, I'm a huge NFL out. junkie. I'm a huge are NFL you? junkie, so I'll soak up any of that stuff you can dish out. But it's great to be here with you. Thanks for the invitation. Who are you rooting for this weekend? I am not. I'm rooting for me to have a good time and be entertained by a good game. I love the sport. You know, I don't have a particular dog in the fight or a team, but uh, I do do, uh, enjoy NFL football. It's one of my few hobbies and and favorite pastimes. And I take a lot of my coaching band leading skills from the great coaches of all time, Lombardi and Belichick and Parcells and uh, how I – assemble a team, lead a team to hopefully to victory. Uh, it's a big part of uh, my inspiration. So I, I just enjoy the sport and love to be entertained. All right. Look, I'm not going to trap you in something, you know, weird here, but I know that you covered Skinner's uh, red, white, and blue. I know, you know, he did. what did you think about last night? Did you watch any of the Biden stuff? What do you think? 
Nothing. I did not see any of it. No, I, I am I am in my own bubble in my own world. I, uh, I, I am working literally twenty hour days for my band and my business. So I I, I haven't seen the news or anything. Uh, an asteroid could have collided with the planet, <laughs> and I wouldn't know about it until the the ash settles upon my rooftop. There I didn't go. watch any of it for different reasons, but yeah. <laughs> so, but I hear you. But uh, welcome to the show. We appreciate you got Keel Fest coming up. Uh, we're going to get into all that kind of stuff. Um, so, w- what is Keel Fest? Tell people about it. Man, it's an it's an insane circus of mayhem, and uh, it's it's a chance for me to celebrate forty years of my music, my friendships with all the guys and all my bands, and bring everybody together under one roof for one night for one great event in Nashville, Tennessee, March eighteenth, and. Uh, it started out, uh, we did the first gig in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio at the Al Rosa, which is obviously no longer there, but uh, that was 2019 and it was a huge success. We thought we'd make it an annual event. The pandemic had other plans, so yeah. there was no 2020 Keel Fest, but uh, the opportunity to pair up with the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo, which is a huge convention type event for podcasters radio broadcasters, rock stars, vendors, musical, uh, anybody who loves rock and roll, basically, uh, will have a great time at this convention. And we were offered the opportunity to sponsor the after party, uh, after uh, convention concert event, my company, RFK Media, which is a record label multimedia company. And, and I started putting together a guest list of people that I'd like to invite. And it, you know, looking at the, the page, it was like, Man, this is Keelfest. I mean, this is these are all my bros and all my bands. Let's let's put it put it together and uh, take it to Nashville. Well, taking off from what you just said, Ron, about uh, leading the team and taking it from the NFL coaches, in doing a little background and research and getting to know the history of all that you've done, the mere fact <clears throat> that you can put all those bands together and have all your friends still be friends and come play. I mean, the reason why a lot of bands don't tour at all is there's always one guy that doesn't want to see everybody else. So the fact that you've got a roster of talent as big as you have and all the guys you play with, you must be doing something right in the well, way thanks, you Mike. manage a team. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, that's, that is a, a huge, for me, a huge victory in life and business is to still have all these guys as, as family and brothers and yeah. friends and, uh, there are only probably, I think, three guys over the last 40 years that I played with that we don't speak anymore. Everybody else is is like family, and uh, I do value those relationships. All of my bands are families. They're brotherhoods. I, I mean, I was uh, the only boy in the house when I was growing up. Didn't have any brothers or friends, really, except my music or my bandmates. So to uh, I've always been a band guy. I've always been about the team, the street gang, the 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 pirate ship the band of gypsies so to speak that travels around the world doing what we love to do so i do pride myself on the fact that we've been able to maintain those relationships for now 40 years that's great uh, i got a question for you, you were in you talked about you know, people you don't talk to you were in a band stealer uh back in the day ingve Malmsteen. i am all right well ingve is playing in nashville steelers yeah. playing in nashville on march 18th so i'm kind of still in that band right but you worked with ingve and I've heard stories that he could be a tad bit difficult. I've heard a story about he actually, his singer quit one time in the middle of a show and he had to take over. Was he difficult to deal with? You still talk to that guy? Any info on there? Well, the, the greatest, work, but 
Work is the operative word in that uh, sentence there, Seth. Uh, it is work. And uh, just like your music or your business or your marriage, you have to work at it. Uh, the relationship with Ingve was great at the time. This is 30, 39 years ago. Yeah. Actually, 40 years ago that we released the Steeler album. This is the 40th anniversary of that record. So there's a lot of water under the bridge by now. At the time, we were, we were both... Uh, set on different paths in terms of our musical goals. He was the neoclassical uh, genius, and I was the American hard rock kid from the streets. And, you know, we didn't quite mesh or blend at the time, but uh, we released an album together that still stands the test of time. It was yeah. at one point the biggest selling independent heavy metal record of all time. And the legacy continues, but he is one of the guys that I don't speak to. I would love to have him be a part of this. He's welcome Anytime, I would I would love to do a song with him for charity, uh, to put, to, you know, put the uh, let bygones be bygones, you know, bury the hatchet, whatever cliche you want to attach right. to that. Uh, we don't talk, um, and that's unfortunate because we both uh, used that Steeler album in 1983 as a vehicle for for both our careers, and it got us both uh, noticed and and launched our our musical journeys together. And then so, you know, Ingve is not going to be there at Keel Fest, but Mitch Perry replaced Ingve nice. in 1983, yeah. 40 years ago. And he's still family. He's still part of the team and he'll be there on stage with me for Keel Fest. The same guy who replaced Ingve 40 years ago will be by my side in Nashville, That's uh, awesome. March 18th. That's awesome. Looking forward to that. Um, how'd you end up living in Ohio? I heard you like a vagabond at one point. Long, yeah, well, I've always been a vagabond. I mean, yeah, a nomad, a vagabond, a, you know, <laughs> whatever word you want to use. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I had been on tour in the uh, in the '90s for an extensive period of time, playing country music, and ended up with uh, working for the Department of Defense, entertaining our troops throughout uh, Europe and the Mediterranean in 1988, 1999, and uh, an amazing experience. We got to entertain our troops on all these military bases all throughout Europe and the Mediterranean. And, uh, it was, it was, it was an amazing experience, but at that point, and gosh, I think I was still in my thirties then <laughs> at that point I was quote unquote burned out. And after the tour was over after seven years of really nonstop six, seven wow. nights a week, uh, I just, after the tour was over, I stayed in Italy and, huh. uh, met a girl uh, there who was in the Navy. And uh, when she was uh, done with her service, we moved to Ohio together. That was where she was from because that's where she would be comfortable. She grew up in the Columbus area and we needed a place to, I mean, she joined the Navy at 18, uh, did her 20 and got discharged uh, at 38. So, adjusting to civilian life after 20 years in the Navy was going to be a challenge for her. And we wanted her to be someplace where she'd be comfortable. And she grew up in Ohio. Her family had property there and they said, you could live on this uh, property. Uh, it was uh, literally in the middle of nowhere, about 40 miles outside of Columbus, so corn cornfields. And it was a big barn. That, that's what I loved about it. It was a big barn where I could put a band together and rehearse. <laughs> and uh, nice. so we moved to Ohio, put a band together called iron horse and I brought my friends from all over the world. My drummer from Italy joined me, guitar player from uh, Sweden, Robert Marcello, and my old bass player, Gino Arce, who's still with me to this day. 22 years later, uh, we all moved to Ohio, put 
put together a band called Iron Horse. And that uh, hardworking, hard-partying, all-American, working-class ethic and uh, attitude that pervades the Midwest, especially there in central Ohio, uh, was a huge benefit for us, putting that band together and, and making some great memories, making some great music. And it still lives on. I mean, I still, uh, I still, I still go Buckeyes, you know, I've still, uh, have, a uh, some deep roots in Ohio and, and will always consider that one of my hometowns, uh, home States. There you go. Great. Uh, now I did have a, you were supposed to be the lead singer of black Sabbath. I got to hear the story behind. Oh my God. Behind Sabbath. What happened? Well, yeah, supposed to be. I have a contract that was signed. Yeah. And uh, I was never technically fired, so I'm still the lead singer. Still? In Black Sabbath. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So what happened there, though? I mean, what Did something fall apart? <laughs> I mean... Well, it's the music business, Seth. It always I know, falls I know, and that's what yeah. sucked. I mean, those, I want to get are, into the... Right. Those yeah. are some of the relationships of people that I don't talk to anymore. <laughs> See, I mean, uh, that's that's the, dude, the it was an amazing day. opportunity. Amazing. Yeah. To, to, uh, I was doing demos at Pasha Studios where Quiet Riot cut that Metal Health album in the early yeah. 80s. And uh, Spencer Proffer, who owned the studio, who produced that Quiet Riot record, had signed on to produce the new Black Sabbath record. And he had heard my voice and gotten to know me. And uh, literally, he got me the gig. Uh, we did some demos. We talked a lot. We uh, signed a contract. We had a lot of business meetings. And then Spencer, his, as a producer, he was the hot hand, man. He just sold, what, 10, 12 million records with Quiet Riot. He, he was walking on water in Hollywood in 1983, 84. So... Uh, he was trying to turn Sabbath into an 80s hair band and have them do commercial rock outside songs, dress them up, you know, poof up their hair, be an 80s, you know, an 80s hair band. And Sabbath wasn't having any of that. You know, Tony and Geezer had a, a pretty firm grip on their identity and always have. And uh, so they fired Spencer and I got caught in the crossfire, but still a great part of my career and, and some great memories. And the fact that, uh, I was able to go back and record three songs with a, a project called Emerald Sabbath a couple of years back. This is a Black Sabbath tribute from alumni, ex-Sabbath guys, and ex-Ozzy Osbourne band members, Rudy Sarzo, Vinny Apice, played drums. Uh, nice. I was able to cut three songs on that record. An Ozzy track, Hole in the Sky, uh, the Ian Gillen song, Trashed, from Born Again, and the Ronnie James Dio track, From Heaven and Hell, uh, die young with Vinnie Apathy on drums who played on the original session. So uh, I got to sing those Sabbath songs on a record finally. And we still do some of that in the show. You'll hear some Sabbath at Kielpest. It's part of my history, part of my life. And I can guarantee you the mob rules, baby. There you awesome. go. See, now that's one of the things I wanted to get into about, you know, the 80s sound still seems like it sticks around. I mean, it's got longevity, you know, a lot better than some of the 90s stuff. I mean, 80s metal is still going, but you know, one of the things that I've talked to a couple of different people about is the rock music scene, in my opinion, whether it's because of radio airplay or because of contracts or whatever it is, the rock itself doesn't seem to be getting the kind of interest that it used to get. And I don't know why, because I'm a rock fan and I especially like the 80s stuff and the 90s stuff myself. But why, why is rock itself seem to be suffering 
across the country? Is it just because of stupid people like Taylor Swift and, and records or how, what do you think? Well, you know, there are a lot of people out there that would uh, live and die by the credo that uh, rock and roll will never die. I mean, it, it, this is the music of the wild and the young. Yeah. But the taste changed, the mainstream changes. And I think one reason why it survived, it's, it's, it is the music of the wild and the young. And a lot of our fans uh, that grew up listening to my music in the 80s are now bringing their kids to the shows. And the, the music resonates with every generation. Rock and roll has always been about rebellion and being right. the outlaw and being the outcast, being the outsider. You know, just the fact that we're not accepted or embraced by the mainstream. I'm cool with that. Um, we actually have a caller who wants to, a fan, I guess, wants to weigh in and ask you a question. Is that cool with you or no? Absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jean. Hi there, Jean? There. I'm here. Can you see me? I'm just sitting outside in my car, uh, outside my Mexican restaurant. Just kidding. We I see you, Jean. You look great. But go Steelers. Go Steelers. Is that a, a Steelers uh, patch I see on your jacket there? It Very is. Cool. It is a <laughs> right on. Better, next year. Next year. Next year. <laughs> yeah. It. Okay, I just have a quick question. It's a popular question. I'm sure you're asked all the time. Early influences. Who are your early influences? Oh, the Beatles, man. The Beatles. I saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show uh, in 1964 when I was two years old, and it changed my life. I mean, it really put me on this path. Uh, from the next day on, I'm two years old, and I'm jumping up and down on the, the bed with a hairbrush singing, I want to hold your hand. Uh, <laughs> and I, I literally, I soaked up music like a sponge when I was a kid. I started playing in the school bands, the orchestra, the jazz band, the classical band. I played Beethoven and Mozart, and I uh, played the blues. Wow. I played classical music. Wow. I played. I, I was gravit anything I musical. Classical. I was I was absolutely uh, enamored by it. And of course, as you get into your teenage years and your hormones start to act up, you want something wild and electric and sexy. And you know, then it was Kiss and Alice Cooper and Deep Purple and uh, all those. Uh, late 70s, early 80s bands that really shaped who I became at that point. But I still love the Eagles. I think the Eagles and Skinner are two of my all-time favorite bands. I love that American uh, songwriting, the way they, they made a statement and created music that spoke to the common man yeah. uh, has always been a part of what I do. I, I'm, a, I'm a, a, a huge fan of... Uh, the excitement and the, the spectacle of bands like Kiss and, and so forth. So uh, I just love music, all of it. it. I can't get enough of it. Obviously, I'm still here and I'm still enjoying. Uh, you know, it's it's really tough for me to to get any work done because I'm always just listening to to great music that I love, whether it's stuff from back in the day or stuff that uh, I'm playing now on my radio show. There's so much great new music. And Seth, you know, this goes back to your previous question about uh, rock and roll. There is a lot of great music being created and played at this point. Uh, my radio show, which I host weekly, is 95% new music. Uh, we're not playing old class. Every now and then I'll throw in an old Van Halen or ACDC or Def Leppard. But for the, the most part, it's these great, young, new, great rock and roll bands that uh, are keeping that tradition alive. So thank you for your question, Gene. It's hey, great Gene. to talk to you. Hope that helped. Nice but my, yeah, my influences are everything that, that I've heard, seen, felt, and experienced the last 60 years. Thanks, Gene. Great. Well, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. It's been a big pleasure talking to you. So you have a great night. You too. Um, CMS Network checks in. I'm, I'm sure you know, Chris. 
Uh, Ron Kilt, nobody works harder than Ron. Literally nobody. So tell us about all your projects. Tell us about the radio show. I want to hear more about that, where people can find it and everything else. Tell us all about everything. You can find everything right now. One, one plug for one website, ronkeel.com. I'm a firm believer in the old school uh, website, the traditional hub for everything that I do, the radio show, the tour dates, the merch, the different projects, everything that I do is at ronkeel.com. And I got into radio. I've always been, obviously, as a kid growing up, with the AM little transistor radio under my pillow. Yeah. And I was that guy uh, listening to music. And as I uh, got older and music is obviously my, my primary focus, but I have 12 songs in my head right now. Uh, literally the last song that I heard, the song that I'm writing and working on, I just got done with a five hour rehearsal for Keelfest. So there's very, very little left, uh, little skin <laughs> left on my throat after rehearsal. But I do that. I sing for five hours a day uh, in preparation for a big gig like this. I got into talk radio, sports radio, uh, news, and, and shows like Coast to Coast AM, uh, interview shows where it's not music. Cause I've got, like I said, 12 songs in my head and I, I became a huge fan of the interview format, how you Seth and Michael will get someone on the show and engage them in a conversation and create an entertaining interview out of that uh, experience. So I thought, man, I'd really like to do that. You know, I'd like to, to be able to do a radio show where I can interview my favorite artists and play some music that I believe in. And I did started that in 2012 after the first Monsters of Rock cruise. And it's like, I knew that this is the, this is the maiden voyage of the Monsters of Rock cruise. I mean, you've got Tesla and Cinderella and Night Ranger and all these great bands on the, on the boat. And Keel, my band, was on the bill as well. So I took a little voice recorder with me around the boat, everywhere I went. And I asked the fans, hey, where are you from? Argentina, and we're here to see you know faster pussycat or whatever and i got quotes from the guys in the bands and i, I create i collected a bunch of content and i thought if i'm ever going to do a radio show it's got to start now because the, these sound bites are priceless right oh, so yeah. i went back home and created the first episode of my streets of rock and roll show in march of 2012 launched it on my website and then ended up with uh 50 affiliate stations around the world airing and broadcasting my show and uh, actually getting paid to do it. It was an amazing experience. But that led me to where I live now, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And being the voice of Midday Mayhem on KBED 94.5 FM, uh, which was, for while it lasted, the number one rock station in this market. And I did a the 10 to 2, you know, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. midday right. shift on live radio. Oh, my God. It was it was an amazing experience. Yeah. Uh, but every day, four hours a day, you're literally, it's like a gig, you know, you're putting on a show and we were taking phone calls. Uh, we were interacting with the fans on social media. We're taking requests. We're juggling the playlist as we speak. It was really intense. Uh, doesn't really fit my schedule because I'm gone a lot. I mean, I'm on the road or on a plane or on, you know, on stage uh, a lot of the time. So the syndicated format really works well for me. I relaunched the show in 2019 and we're about to close in our on our 300th episode. I've been able to interview my heroes, you know, Hall of Fame rock stars, and over 250 great rock star interviews, talking to my friends and some people that I'm just meeting for the first time on the radio about the voice, about music, about uh, what 
putting keeping the focus on what they're doing now. And uh, the show is, has been a great success. I have my own station, KRFKRadio.com, which has over 100,000 listeners each month. And, you, of course, the CMS, you know, Chris Aiken, who set us yep. up today yeah. and just uh, chimed in. Uh, it's been a big, big friend and mentor and supporter in the internet radio business for me. And you can find our our sh- our station on their app as well, the CMS app. Uh, it's just a, a great way to entertain people. It all comes back to that one core thing: entertaining people. Whether See, I'm juggling yeah. or tap dancing, and I can't do either. I can't juggle or tap dance. <laughs> you know, we'll, we're gonna do. We're gonna find some way to entertain people and and give them something to think about, something to to laugh about, put their fist in the air and sing along. See, I'll have to admit, I, I did rock radio for like the first 10 years of my career. I worked at WMMS up here in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Uh, for 10 years, I did every shift that you could do from overnights to mornings. I, I've done them all. And you know, like you said, I got to meet and talk to some of the greatest rock stars of all. I got to interview ACDC. I got to interview Getty Lee. I mean, some of the coolest people that I, I could never imagine interviewing. And so I, I get it. I love that the rock radio stuff. And so it's very cool that you're doing. What's the name of the station again? KRF? krfkradio.com see i gotta and check of course that out. you can find that all at ronkeel.com that's Ron the hub Keel. for everything but right. uh the radio station's been a, a you know just really an added piece of the rfk media empire what uh i've built as uh having my own label uh to rewind a little bit and try to make it quick uh, in 2020 with the pandemic i was signed to a company called highball music uh, Bill Chavis was a, a longtime friend of mine who we had known each other 20 years. He had his own label. He was instrumental in uh, so, some bands like Quiet Riot, Bullet Boys, and so forth. And Bill and I had a great friendship. And it, finally, at, at that point in my career, I signed with him, and he released our album in 2020 called South by South Dakota, which was a, a big success. And Red, White, and Blue, the song that you mentioned, yeah. is on that record. Uh and Bill, younger than me, healthy, strong bodybuilder. I mean, a super healthy guy. Uh, this is August of 2020, six months into the pandemic. He goes in the hospital and never comes out. He died. Uh, he and his wife both died. His wife oh. and he both went in the hospital, uh, died of COVID. At that point, uh, sorry to hear that. I'm, I'm, yeah, thanks. Uh, I, I, not only did we lose a couple of uh, great dear friends, but we lost a couple of people that really believed in and loved rock and roll and put their money where their mouth was. I mean, they invested in me and a lot of other great bands. What am I going to do now? Bill's gone. And I thought, well, I've been in the backseat for 40 years. It's time to take the wheel. Um, So I formed my own label, RFK Media. You can find us at rfkmedia.com. We have four new albums coming out from multiple acts and projects over the next few months that we've signed. And of course my music is, that's the home for everything that I do, all of my new, new music and new projects, but we've also signed some other bands getting into the radio aspect of it. KRFK radio is a division of RFK media. We're going to get into art, comedy, book publishing, but it all comes back to entertaining people, man. Give them something to read, something to hear, something to look at, something to enjoy. Ron, you funny. You mentioned that. Um, I spent uh, 20 years as a stand-up comic, and the opportunity to travel is what I wanted to ask you to expound upon a little bit. Share with everybody listening just the the magic of being able to travel the world, like you said, meet people from everywhere, and realize how this planet all like fits together and is more 
the same than it is different and what it teaches you? Oh, what a great question and uh, analysis of that, Michael. Traveling is part of the gig. And I am, at by nature, at least at this age, I'm a homebody. I have everything I need right here. Uh, what you see behind me is the fan cave. Everything on this wall, and this is a big wall behind me. This is the area where I do my Zoom interviews and so forth. Uh, talk to, to people like you. But this is everything on this wall. And all this stuff was given to me by fans. I mean, little. this is a wood carving of the Metal Cowboy. That's awesome. uh, you know, this is a, a fan carved this cowboy wood and send it to me we've got the uh the yodeling pickle <laughs> and of course i had to hit the pickle sorry guys but behind me behind the screen here i've got my recording studio on my left i look at over here on my left and i see the recording studio where i can create music uh, create the radio show my podcast, uh, write songs, sing to my heart's content. On my right side of the room here, I've got the stage. There's a stage in the room uh, with lights and sound and the whole deal where I can do. This is where I rehearse over here behind the screen to my right. So I literally I'm on stage with my guys 24 seven. I'm, mm. I am. Uh, my office is right out the door. So I have really the, the best of all four worlds right here in my basement. The traveling. And you'll hear older guys, not me, older guys <laughs> talk about how how the traveling is a real pain in the in the butt. But uh, to me, every gig, every opportunity, it's like a challenge. It's like climbing a mountain, man. It's not easy. You think it's easy to get to the top of Everest, man? You got to. It, it's it's. Why would you do that? Why would you put yourself through that? You're you know twenty thousand feet in the air, trying to trying to breathe oxygen climbing a mountain is a, a huge challenge. I think, uh, you know, my biggest challenge is getting through the flight and getting to the next airport bar. I mean, <laughs> literally, uh, you know, I, I love seeing the world. I love meeting people from all over the planet and creating those relationships, finding that common bond that we all share, man. And I've been everywhere. I can't tell you how many countries I've been to. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know what countries I've been to. Uh, Somebody's checking yeah. in. They want to know about Keelfest. Is Mark Ferrari going to be part of it? Well, if they went to ronkeel.com, they would know. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah, I mean, everything's there at ronkeel.com. Mark Ferrari is, of course, part of Keelfest. Mark Ferrari is my brother in blood. He's he's part of Keel. You can't do a Keel gig without Mark Ferrari. That's why I never, even in 20 years off, it was my name. I could have carried on like Don Dockett or Mark Slaughter or any of these other guys and been Keel. I would not do it without Mark Ferrari. There's no way. I mean, you know, uh, to me that, and I probably lost a lot of money along the, the way by not doing that, by not calling my band Keel. It's not Keel without Ferrari. It's not Keel without Brian Jay and Dwayne Miller, the, the guys who took it there in the eighties on, on the charts with the right to rock and the final frontier and, Tears of Fire and all those great songs. I mean, yeah. Uh, all right. Tell everybody about Kill Fest again. We'll let you go. We, we appreciate it all the time, but tell us everybody, everybody about Kill Fest once again. Kill Fest is a great concert event following the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo, which is uh, the ultimate Nashville gathering for podcasters, broadcasters, vendors, fans, rock stars in Nashville, March 18th. And then the after convention concert is Kill Fest with. Keel, Steeler, Ron Keel Band, 
Crashing Wayward and The Fifth, both acts signed to my label, RFK Media, opening up the show. These young, hot rock bands are, are going to be a tough act to follow, but I'll do the best I can. Thanks for having me, Seth. Michael, great talking to you man. guys and your audience. Yeah, I appreciate you. Nice we really you. appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you again soon, I hope. Right Thanks, uh, man. Anytime. All right, brother. Seth for smoking rock and roll food trucks. You got to check them out, man. The food is just unbelievable. Mac and cheese is fantastic. The brisket, everything else is just to die for. You got to check out smoking rock and roll. 605 Clay Parkway in Bay Village. You can give them a call 216-539-2239 to book a food truck. Uh, you know, find out where they're going to be at. They're going to be all over the place come especially when the spring and summer hits. It's unbelievable food. They win awards all over the place. Run by my good friend uh, Billy Morris. Uh, and his friend Todd, they're good people, and they make great, great food. You got to check it out. Smokin' Rock and Roll, smokin'rockandroll.com. Aaron Tees and Signs has become your complete one-stop sign shop. Call Jimmy at 216-299-9344. Their friendly and professional staff can and will help you build your company brand and identity from start to finish. One-stop means you get a complete package from one location. Custom logo design, vehicle graphics, banners, t-shirts, storefront marquees, and so much more. Aaron Tees and Signs, 4883 Turney Road. Call us at 216-299-9344. Hey, it's Seth for Audio Bay Studios in Bay Village. And now if you need a podcast done, you got a band, you got to record some stuff, Audio Bay Studios is the place to go. Train technicians, uh, good management there. I'm telling you, Audio Base Studios has helped me out tremendously with my podcast. You want to go there, Audio Base Studios, 605 Clegg Parkway in Bay Village. It's right next to, or in the same building, I should say, as Smokin' Rock and Roll. Some of the best barbecue food trucks in town. The best barbecue food trucks in town. Tell me, you got to check out Audio Base Studios. I know the guy, Chris Aiken. I know the guy, Billy Morris. They're good people. They take care of you. Audio Bay Studios, if you got a podcast that you want to start recording, Audio Bay Studios in Bay Village is the place to be. 605 Clegg Parkway. Give them a call. 216-713-0066. That's 216-713-0066. Back here on the Seth Williams Show with Mike Jasoka. Um The censored show, I guess, if you will. Um band show because of Facebook and everything else. Uh, getting a lot of messages about uh, Ron Keel. He was good. He was a lot of fun. He was real good. Keel is awesome. Great you had him on. Yeah, he was, he was a cool dude. 
covered a lot of stuff too. He's played with some great people and put out some great music. My friend um, Mike texting in, great show. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Actually, it's a flat Earth guy. We'll just be <laughs> love you. So, um, yeah, I thought he was fun. I think Keel Fest sounds like a good time. You know what? It is. I mean, should come to. I wish bands like that would come to Cleveland I mean, again. I wish that scene was a little bit more prevalent around town. Um, I don't know. Doesn't seem like I don't hear a lot of concerts coming to town. You well, I think it's just a matter of time before uh, Chris ends up putting something like that together too. I know that he's itching to do something huge like that live. Well, see, that that's something I would like to talk to Chris about. You know, Chris Aiken, the guy that runs CMS Network. and Yep. Um, he should do something like that. I mean, With all those Chris, if you're, if you're listening, call in if you want. But if not, text me or something. But we, we should try to do something cool like that, like a CMS Network show. CMS, yeah, CMS Network concert. Yep. There's a bunch of cool bands like that. I mean, I know he's got to know tons of bands that would show up here and do something cool, even if we, you know, got and he a small can even venue take- or did it outside. I said that would be sweet to do like you know, a big concert event, right? Or even a series promoting some of the up and coming and great local bands that there are. There's a there's a hell of a music scene here in Cleveland, and like you said, the, with the way the industry and the business is, they don't get a chance to you know work their way up like they used to it wasn't as open so if cms was that venue that you could put on a hell of a show with yeah the- I, I mean i don't know you know what all that cost would be i'm sure that yeah. it's quite a, a bit of money to to uh to do something like that um you know, get the money for the bands together the venue together and everything else it's got i've seen you know some radio shows and stuff do events like that it, it's a great deal of work and yeah, maybe it's just not feasible. I don't know, but I'd like to see something. I'd like, like to that. see something local. I mean, you know the the uh, uh, the show that the, the rock, the World Series of Rock, and all the stuff that used to happen here. Those days. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's the, they are gone. But and, and it's sad that um, everything gets expensive i guess and you know i'm not talking about inflation i'm not talking about the price of eggs i'm not talking about stuff like that i'm talking about you know it used to be when you went to a concert it was like 12 bucks and you get to see like 12 great bands or three great bands whatever i mean you can go see bands that were huge and changed music forever and you could spend 10 12 dollars to go see a ticket and now you want to go see even just a local band it's going to cost you more than that right Um, right i don't know uh, annual summer bash, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Do it down on flats cool. again. I mean, but you go see band, you go see bands now that are any you know worth your money, I guess, and it's going to cost you sixty, seventy, hundred bucks to go see a concert, and that's for a ticket. I mean, I remember sitting Gold Circle uh, for Pink Floyd '94, so yeah. I was like in the first few rows. Uh, I lost my seat cushion that they gave me. Uh, but and that cost me maybe seventy bucks. Right. So we're talking Pink Floyd, and we're talking like in the first few rows of the show. Yes. I mean, now if you're sitting in nosebleeds, it's going to cost you that kind of money. 
So concerts definitely uh, have gone up in price and but everything. Yeah. You get a beer. Today costs you seventy bucks to park. Forty thousand for Super Bowl seat in the rafters. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, it shouldn't cost that kind of money to go see a freaking football game. Dude, listen. And that's the problem. I don't even think it's the fans that get to go to the games anymore. Most right. of those seats aren't going to be fans. Most of those seats are going to be, you know, companies that buy tickets and then hand them out exactly. to people and crap like that. And, you know, and I don't blame the companies for that. I blame the NFL for that. The NFL right. needs to, you know, back off and and make it about the fans. I mean, when it comes to the Super Bowl, and even though it's played in Arizona, whatever, you should open up at least, what, a quarter of the stadium to each fan base, if not more? Right. And let those fans get those the first dibs on tickets and make them affordable for the people that root for those teams All those, right. for eight games a year and sell out those stadiums. And then they have no shot of going to the Super Bowl to check out their, their team that they've supported all year long and supported in some cases for decades. You know, if the Browns made it to the Super Bowl, finally, and, you know, by some miracle, <laughs> we were there, I want to be able to go to the game. You want to be able to go to the game. How long have we supported this stupid team, and they finally make the Super Bowl, and then the NFL outprices us? And, and we, we can't I, – I, that doesn't make any sense to me. The, the fan base should be, like, priority number one. Unless they are. Maybe it doesn't work. That, or maybe it works. I don't know. I I had so much I could say to that, but I don't want anybody to turn off the show. Well, because again, for some reason, you want to turn it political. It's not political. No, There's nothing political, to... or it's not corporate greed. No, it's not. It's not. It's not that way at all. It's a matter of the NFL is going to make their money, and right. they have a halftime show to pay for. I get it. Right, and they got you know everything else. To, but they're making tons of money on the commercials and all that kind of stuff. I just think that they should make it more. I don't know why you want to turn it political. No, I don't want to turn political. What I wanted to do and sneak in, and I looked at the little thing in the corner, see how much time we have left, is we had discussed mentioning the record that was broken last night, and I heard a quote that tickets to that game, some oh. of them were going for $42,000 a ticket. Who would pay? I don't care if you had the... But forty thousand dollars a ticket for one basketball game? All right. Now I, I have to agree with Chris here uh, or the CMS Network a little bit. If you could charge forty thousand a ticket as a business owner, no. would you go out of your way to sell them for fifty? Probably not. No, but that's what I'm saying. So it is supply and demand. The demand gets ungodly and uncontrollable. Somebody bought that. The, there wasn't an empty seat in the house, so somebody forked out forty-two thousand dollars to sit right. and watch so LeBron. Obviously, you're talking about LeBron uh, yeah. breaking the record last night. And, um, you know, there's still this. I don't know why there's a discussion about who the, the greatest player of all time is, you know, Le, LeBron or Jordan. But Jordan was a player, yeah, a gamer, and a man. Now, I've read the stories about he, you know, punched what, Steve Kerr in the face or something like that because he wasn't practicing hard. He gave Cartwright a hard time. But that guy wanted people to to be at their best. That's how you win championships. Uh, not flopping and crying when you get you know hit or something like that. Jordan was a man among boys sometimes playing that game. Now here's a clip that I, I, I found on TikTok because again I'm, I'm just I love TikTok. I can marry TikTok. Chinese can spy on me all they want. Um, I just love TikTok. But here is a clip that I found today. 
So I'm not here campaigning for the best player in the world or in the history. I'm not saying that, you know, because everybody plays differently in different areas. Nah, I feel confident because I'm the best player in the world. That's simple. That's because LeBron sucks and Michael Jordan is, again, the best player. That's what separates them. I saw another clip where Jordan was talking about just the team. He's like, we were the best team. And LeBron thinks he's the best player. He said it. That's simple. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, it's such a relative thing. They play 82 games a year now. And when Wilt played, uh, they didn't have a three-point line. So how fast you score and the total number of points that you score, it's just like this year. They added a seven when they added last year, when they added the 17th game, announcers kept saying, Well, he just broke the all-time single season passing. Well, he had another game to do it. And they don't ever you know, put asterisks anywhere in those lists. And the lists change and it makes everything you can't compare apples and oranges. And the defense that they play now, uh, Tony's calling me. I don't know what Tony's calling me. Um but the defense they play now is nothing compared to what they used to play. And against those Detroit teams, those Piston teams, oh. they play defense. They would hurt you if you tried to drive the lane. They right. would take you out. And those are the kind of teams that Jordan had to play against. LeBron, right. he runs near somebody and falls on the ground and starts crying that he got fouled. I, I, he's not made the same way that – Jordan was made, in my opinion. I mean, you could say about stats. Look at rings. Look at MVPs. Look at he was Jordan was the man among boys, and LeBron is not. Forty K yeah. for a regular season game that is sub five hundred ticket holder who got forty grand laughing to the bank. Absolutely. Oh yeah. They, amen. No kidding. Well, you could text it in the show if you got any thoughts on Jordan or LeBron. Um, I hate even using his name. You know, that's one thing that we probably disagree a little bit on, but Triv would always say is that that championship just didn't feel good to me. It didn't feel like Cleveland won a championship. It was it was almost it felt tainted to me. When he's yelling, Cleveland, this is for you. Uh, there are numerous times where he said he was from Akron, not from Cleveland, which is fine. You know, he loved Akron. That's that's great. But don't sit there and yell, Cleveland, this is for you. No, it, it was He's an Akron guy. That's fine. But it just didn't feel right to me. Um, I I don't know. Man, I never liked the guy. The streets were pretty happy we won a championship after all well, those years. Again, I mean, they can have their opinion, I guess. I mean, if that's what you want to sell your soul to win a, a, have a parade downtown, go for it. Here's, um, here's the thing about all the other sports. You and I can get lucky and hit a half-court shot. Um, flag football, this, that, and other things. Size, what the the one sport that's humbling. Have you ever been to a uh, watched a pro golf tournament? Uh, yes, yes, I have. have you, isn't it just ungodly? Like, what the hell did I just look at when some guy who's like five nine and one hundred sixty five pounds just swings a golf club and hits it three hundred and eighty five yards? Come on, I, you know, I played golf in my life, and yeah, I'll but I know what I'm. 
nobody they made the equipment so much better now. When you have a driver like that, you have all those different clips. The, the equipment is made so much better. The balls are made better. Yeah, you could I could slap a ball 300 yards. Yeah, but Nicholas and Arnold Palmer used to do almost the exact same thing with wooden clubs. I mean, the great golf, that's where you Golf is a hobby, not a sport. Come on. Come on. Yeah. You could tell, like, uh, the other day I was watching TV because, again, I'm just stuck here at all times until I can drive again, but I'm stuck here. So turn on the TV and football. There's no football because I'm not going to watch some stupid-ass flag football Pro Bowl. And then there was no no baseball, obviously. There's nothing. There was nothing for me to watch other than maybe a college basketball game, which I could care less about. Right. Um, So there was a bowling, PBA. (laughs) There you go. Bowling championship game on, like, Fox or something. Are you serious? This is it. I hate the downtime during these sports seasons. And if they don't get rid of this stupid Pro Bowl, whatever crap they put on TV – and just put the Super Bowl the week after everything ends. I mean, I'm going to stop watching the NFL because that's just ridiculous. It's a bunch of junk that they put on. I mean, they're putting these targets out for these quarterbacks to hit. Come on, man. It's a joke what they do with this. I didn't even watch. I, I'm a Browns fan, and if they're not in the game, I'm not really – I don't really care if I watch the game. Um, I may watch. I may watch the Puppy Bowl tomorrow or Sunday. Yes, this is what I, I'm saying. The championship would have been better in his first run. It was tainted because he had already insulted Cleveland with his departure. Of course, it would. I mean, absolutely. I was a big LeBron fan when he was here the first time, and you know when I no literally my wife and I drove downtown in a rental car because we didn't have a, a car was in a shop for whatever reason. We drove downtown in a rental car when they beat the Pistons, and we were honking and waving out the windows, and everybody was partying, and it was a great time. And I loved it back then. But when he left and insulted Cleveland the way that he did by going on a stupid TV show and doing it, I lost all respect for that guy. Yeah. All respect. And then to go down to Miami and do the stupid, not one, not two, not three, not four, come on, he was a joke. And then to come back here, it didn't mean the same thing to me. I uh, remember the controversy when whether or not there should be a statue in the city. I said there should be, but it should be at the airport. I called yes. them and said that. Yes, I do remember that. That was fun. Downtime is to discover power slap, the best new sport going on. Have you watched that, Mike? No. no. Is that where you stand there and take a slap from somebody else and then yeah. turn around and give it back? It's on TBS, I think on Wednesday nights, actually. Oh my uh, so I'm recording it tonight, and uh, it is fantastic. Dana White from uh, the MMA stuff right. is running the sport now, I believe, and it is absolutely amazing. I mean, you literally have to stand there across from another guy, and they measure your hand to his face. Then you have a one count, two count, three count, whatever you want, and then you slap the crap out of somebody right to their face. And if they fall and get knocked out, then they're out. But otherwise, they have like 25 seconds or 20 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever it is, to recover and then get back back up and take their slap. It's barbaric. It is horrific. And it is the best sport I've ever seen. I couldn't do that. I couldn't stand there and take a slap. We're not talking about some, you know, light little slap. I mean, these guys are punching 
shit out of each other. Yeah. Slapping. I mean, it's, it's amazing to watch. You have to check that out. I'm serious. Could you? I, it's, I, I it sounds awful. It that. really does. Yeah, it probably but, is. And next but how, thing you know, they'll, they'll, do they have a women's division too? Is they that do. Coming? They oh. do have a women's division. Uh, I haven't seen that yet on TV, but they have all these guys that are living in a house together. And then they have matches and stuff to see in the weight classes. I mean, what's the difference between slapping the crap out of somebody in boxing match or uh, MMA? You got nothing. I mean, there's no difference. I got a couple of things. One, I would this time of year bring back lingerie football, I know. or bring up bring back jousting. Put somebody up on a horse with a lance and just do it that way. But you don't. You think that this sport is awful to just slap the hell out of somebody? Uh to each their own. I it's just. A, but we will go to no ends of what hasn't been done yet to make a buck. Well, I don't think it. Sure, it's about making a buck. But I mean, there are people out there that you know they feel like they could take a slap and it's something for somebody. That, okay. That's a talent. That is a talent, right? Well, to slap it, somebody and it could be. My point is, in 20 years, it's going to dawn on somebody, wait a minute, let's just have a whole two long, long, long lines of guys, bring them both up one at a time on stage, and just drop trowel. One guy has to leave, one guy gets to stay there, and do it over and over and over and over again, till you find out who the biggest dick of the day is. Wow, check out this story. I haven't... I didn't see this earlier today. Apparently, a reporter covering Governor Mike DeWine's news conference was taken down to the ground by law enforcement and arrested Wednesday for allegedly disrupting a news conference. Governor DeWine was at a Cleveland gym discussing a train derailment in the city when reporter Evan Lambert was doing a live shot for the news station. It appears police told Lambert he was interrupting the governor. Um, This is from TMZ. And then they took him to the ground, cuffed him. And took him away. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we got to give a shout out here. The last few minutes. I want to wish opinionated, loving, and funny Natalie a happy birthday. Natalie, happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday Faithful man. listener, watcher, viewer, whatever you want to call her. We appreciate you uh, staying with the show all the time. Um, but happy birthday, Natalie. Amen. Here is Natalie. Amen. I feel the same about the way LeBron did that on TV. He knew he was leaving. Yes. Yeah. It's not like he made it up on the spot. Music during Pro Bowl, halftime of NASCAR race, and Grammys were terrible. Um, I didn't watch the Pro Bowl, so I don't know if the music was terrible. Um, Halftime of NASCAR race, I didn't know they had a halftime. And I did watch some of the Grammys. I lasted about three minutes into the Grammys before I turned it off. And, like, I'm not trying to be weird or sexist or whatever you want to call it. I'm not a prude by any means. But I turned on the Grammys, and they had some guy. They were introducing some guy. And this lady said, the reason I want him to win record of the year is because he's breaking all kind of boundaries. We'll turn around and kiss all of his backup dancers, no matter what gender they are. And I sat there and said, well, thank you very much for... um, having the Grammys and I will never watch this again. And it has nothing to do with kissing another gender. It has to do with the fact that it's a music show. It's supposed to be about giving awards to the best music around um, and not about who they're kissing in their backup dancers. 
I quit uh, watching the Grammys when Bridge Over Troubled Water beat out Let It Be. I'm sure there were plenty of other Grammys that were fantastic to watch, but I could right. not stomach um, what I was watching there. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not a prude. I, 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 I'm not progressive in any kind of way. <laughs> I wouldn't consider myself. Um, but I, I can't watch that kind of stuff. I, I just can't. Um, what, so you didn't watch any of the Grammys? No, I said I quit watching the Grammys when Bridge Over Troubled Water beat out Let It Be. I'm done with them. Yeah, I, uh, I was out. Um, next Monday, I think we're going to have Jim Isabella on for a little bit. He was in a car accident. Um, I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't. Um, apparently, it's a... Some people will do anything to get on our show, Seth. I'm telling you. But no, he. Uh, I think he's he's okay. So yeah. that's good. But I think it's going to be an interesting story. So I want to talk to him on Monday. And uh, we'll definitely have some more for you as well. But I appreciate everybody listening tonight. Mike, thank you. Thank and I you. think Ron Keel. Really Great enjoyed uh, hanging with him tonight. Great That was guess. fun. Tony Masashu live at uh, Pinecrest. What, Social Kitchen out there. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. And Frank the Tank, of course. We appreciate Frank for everything that he did as far as the prop bets go and picking the Super Bowl. I'm still picking the Eagles in a blowout, 35-17. What's your final on that? Like uh, 28-7 Eagles. Oh, and one last thank you. How about a thank you to Gene, who proved once again how easy it is to just pick up the phone and call the show. Who? The woman that called. Uh, oh, yeah, Gene. Yeah. yeah, thanks to Gene for calling in on the show as well. Uh, do appreciate that. You can call anytime. We'll put the link up. and um, But everybody have a great night. And God willing, we will talk to you again on Monday. Share the show.